So another episode of Chris and Dave's Reality Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host, our very good friend, is Dave. Hi there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Chris and Dave's Reality TV Cast. We are covering Maths UK Series 7, Episode 22. Well, before we do start, Dave, yes, we've had a few comments on Facebook regarding our daily, not daily podcast. I can just say <laughs> that you are the worst co-host ever because you say we're not doing this every day. I agree completely. I have no fucking willpower or any sort of strength. You know that I don't podcast all the time. And it's like, we're going to get out. But you text me last night while the show was on. Are we going after the show? All right, let's go after the show then, Dave. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and here we fucking are. So, Mr. Daily, not daily podcast. Um, I think we just go through the order of the show then. So, so. That's okay. Shanita and Jordan were the first ones we get to see, don't we? Having this discussion, I questioned the validity of where he is, and is he genuine? Is it? Is he not? What? What the score is? I think they look they look good together, and they're quite open the way they talk. And it did seem a bit forced that conversation, if I'm being honest, because it was soon like, oh, let's just carry on then, my mate, or whatever. I'm not. I'm not sure, Dave. I, I think this episode for me, and we'll talk about each couple. This has shown to me that there is not one couple who's going to stay together. And I think the only couple who are are them two shithouses who've just come back into it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Well, again, they're following the track of oh Daniel, Daniel. and Carolina, aren't they? Yes. You know, they're giving a big fuck you to everyone else and saying, we've found love. Look at you, you bunch of bastards. You know, you, you were put together by science. Oh, no, they claim science as well, don't they? But but whatever yeah. fits the narrative for them. Uh, so they might last a bit longer, but I suspect once all the lust has, has you know, gotten, been gotten out of the way, I'm sure they're having a whale of a time. Um, but I think after that, I, I don't really see a long-term future for them. But you're right, probably, you know, initial sexual chemistry-wise, they probably are the closest together now. But with Shanita and Jordan, I can't make my mind up, mate. I mean, you were saying about maybe he wants to get on Geordie Shore or something like that, and maybe he's just playing the game. I could go with the narrative that he was trying to sell, that, you know, when he moves in with someone, he wants to be in love with them. You know, as a parent of teenagers, Chris, I, I I will be convincing mine. You don't have to just fucking uh, just go for it. <laughs> it just so I don't have to do your fucking washing every weekend and uh, clean up after you. But no, no, seriously, I, I think I, I'm on the fence with Jordan and and as to what his intentions really are. Uh, I I think at the minute I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think the mum, I don't think Shanita's mum was massively convinced by him. And also, Shanita was saying, oh, yeah, what he said there is put my mind at rest a bit. And I'm like, did I have a brain fart then? <laughs> was I having a stroke or something? Couldn't smell toast or anything. But I was just thinking, what did he say to put her mind at rest? Did, Not a lot. Did he actually <laughs> say anything of substance where it was like, Oh, well, now you put it that way, that makes perfect sense. He seemed to say the same things, but for some reason it, it resonated with her. So I completely missed it, you know, if something landed. But 
I mean, if you don't know, Chris, if anyone out there knows, <laughs> um, what was it he said that really put her mind at rest? Because I completely missed that. I didn't. I didn't at all. And I thought one was quite good initially. She sort of gave it in, didn't she? She was sort of like, well, well what's the score? But I think mm. it, I think this part of the show, and uh, oh, oh, there is something we need to talk about at the end, Dave, regarding our good friend Paul, the expert. We'll talk about oh, that. Yeah. I think, yes, we forgot <laughs> about that. So I'll, I'll just put a little footnote in there so we don't forget that. But I think, like I say at the, at the start of the show, he's, he's like, it just looks like none of these people are going to do any sort of compromising. Their, their connection isn't a love connection, pretty much. I thought Shanita and Jordan were at that stage. They're obviously not. It's going to be, we, we try to make it happen. She lives up near us in Manchester, I think. He's in Newcastle. That's going to be a long 160-mile, well, 320-mile round trip every time they meet each other. So, it, you know, I don't think their connection is that strong. If you're that in love with somebody... You make that sacrifices, but we all know long distance relationships. Eventually, one of you has got to move. I mean, look at Adam and Paige, Dave. I mean, they were love's young dream at Love Island. Mm. Look about where they are now. You know, it's like you just know it's not going to work. And I think every single couple, I came out of it going, "We are. This is the. This is just completely validates the fact that the experts are fucking shit again." <laughs> I thought he was up by Darlington or something. I mean, it's it's northeast. I didn't think he was actually in Newcastle, but I could be wrong there. Maybe he was just from Darlington originally. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd i like to know what his criteria of being love really is. You know, yeah. because it, it, everything that I've seen up until that dinner party when he, he seemed to sabotage the whole relationship himself, they seem to be going on really sweet. And I don't know, it's not like Love Island, Chris, when you've got a very defined scale and criteria, you know, there's, there's, uh, you just coupled up, there's being exclusive, there's, can I be your girlfriend, <laughs> boyfriend, you know, uh, there's that, isn't there? And then I guess you get into the real world stuff of, you know, getting engaged, moving in, all that, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, by this kind of week i mean isn't it a couple of months or something the experiment so you know i'd have thought he must be getting the feels at some point now they seem to have not really had any bumps in the road they seem to get on like a house on fire so yeah i, I don't know what his criteria for being love is no i don't and i think she's more open to it i agree and i tell you dave I tell you, he isn't open for love, and he's someone who really has got away with me and you giving him both barrels for a lot of the show because of the, just the ridiculousness of Matt and Whitney and the fallout of all that. And he gave us the line of the series for me, Kwame. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with that guy, Dave? Is he a secret agent? Is he married with six kids? Is he taking the piss? Is he doing a grand crap off Love Island Australia first series where he's got a girlfriend at home and he's just doing it for the clout on TV? It's fucking strange. In case you're there, she give him everything. She's telling the story about where, what her origin is, where she came from with her body and everything. And he's taking the piss in And she's like, I've, I've just switched off. Yeah. And I'm like, he's been a bell end under the radar for about a couple of weeks now. And we've not really put him to task because everyone else has been fucking worse. But it's just red flags for me. And the more she questioned, like, is he the man for me? No, he's fucking not because he's blagging you. Don't do it. I really don't want them to to get together, Dave. Oh, I, I think you're okay with that bet. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think there's any chance whatsoever 
it is just very, very strange, isn't it? So let's let's replay back. So a few episodes ago, you know, you're saying, you know, well, we're we're so good, we can leave the experiment now. That, that was pretty much what he was saying. Then, no, I, I can't have you in my house. <laughs> yeah. Not even when the cameras are gone. Can't have, have you in my house at all. Uh, so everyone's speculating, what the hell's in his house? Um, I mean, with all these polo necks and stuff, I mean, he, uh, it's in memes of it. He, he does have a bit of Frozone from The Incredibles about him, doesn't he? <laughs> Maybe yeah. that is that. He's got his super suit in there. But... um no, I, I think we can kind of like speculate over that. But you know what, Chris? I think in tonight's episode, I, I, he really pissed me off, if I'm honest. I thought it was so disrespectful how he was, you know, reacting to what Keisha was, was putting out there. Now, there's a little part to me that says it was a bit bachelor, wasn't it? You know, when they have the, the one-to-one dinner date and then, right, it's time for the sob story now. You know, yeah. this is this is the sob story time. So I'm possibly a bit jaded by being bachelored out still, even though we've not done it for a few months. But when she's talking about basically this journey that she's been on, you know, getting pregnant early, you know, being in a shitty flat and, and stuff and basically deciding for herself, no, I'm going to make something of myself. Now she's got her own business. And he's just like, oh, can you get me muscles then? And just fucking laughing and joking at everything. It's like, read the room, you bellend. She's fucking being serious here. And now you should reflect that and fucking switch your ears on. And instead, he's just this dismissive kind of attitude and laughing everything off. It just comes across that he just does not give a fuck about her. And I think, I, I said from week one, I don't think he's attracted to her. I don't think that's changed. And like you said, he's gone under the radar a little bit. But I thought it that was more than not being attracted to her. That was just not giving a shit about her. And I thought that was that came across really, really badly for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think, it, I think when he's saying he wants to go, Dave, he knew that there's something coming up where they've got to film stuff in his house. Or when, it's just, why? Why? And why would you admit that on TV even more? It makes him look more shady, more fucking dodgy, more, you know, everything. Just He just looks proper off, like he's he's hiding them. And I don't get it. I really don't get it. And I've got to say, Dave, the more this series goes on, whoever fucking supposedly did the vetting on these contestants, he's fucking taking the piss, aren't they? They've just, oh, unbelievable. I just don't get it. You can't participate in a show like this and just completely block off your partner. She doesn't deserve that. I'm not saying we want to go and look in his fucking cupboard and see what fucking stuff he's got in there, but I just I find it really, really <laughs> Let's strange. have a look in your secret drawer, shall we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, what toys have we got in here, Kwame? I'm not, What's his I'm one? Not, you know, yeah, yeah, on national yeah. TV. But the, 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 yeah, I agree, because the whole thing of, yeah, I don't really want to let the cameras in, I think the whole thing around leave is he's just done, but he doesn't really want to walk out or make a scene he still wants to come across like the good guy i think it's that i think he's just he's got all that he wants out of the show or he's been in it long enough he knows he's going to have a bit of exposure he knows his life will be a bit different after this and and i think that's where it is you know so yeah no chance for this couple at all the only thing that surprised me but i kind of get it as well is 
when they had the letters, you know, the the day before, you know, she she fiercely defends that relationship, doesn't she? But yeah. I mean, inside, she must be feeling like this is not all that. And the fact that you know, we see a, a bit of a clip for tomorrow. She says to her friends, you know, is Kwame the right man for me? Why are you even asking that question? I mean, surely it is clear. Sure as eggs are eggs. There's no way. There's no future for this relationship whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's fucking nonsense. And uh, I tell you what, Dave, again, another couple who, who come out of this and were like, why are you even here? Is we get Jonathan and Sophie playing tennis with her mum and dad. Her dad, fuck me, he's not standing. He's the classic cliche dad off like TV shows when, <laughs> when the girl brings the boyfriend round, isn't it? He's having none of that, what Jonathan's selling. I, I'm not saying he's wrong because I think Jonathan's a fucking absolute muppet the way he spoke and, and these comments about he can have an opinion. Every fucking person in the world's got an opinion, but sometimes you need to shut the fuck up or keep your mouth shut. Even if you don't believe it, you don't. You don't verbalise what you're thinking so like that all the time. And even when he's been told, he defend, he's defending himself all the time. But And you certainly don't. A comment where you've slated their daughter about, I don't want you to have horse legs. And then it made it even worse at the dinner table because he explained it even worse than he did the first time. And the dad's like, what? what are you fucking trying to do here? What, what are you expecting us to say? Like, it's our daughter. What a fucking dick, Dave. All I was saying was I didn't like horse legs. <laughs> I mean, that's what? my opinion. And he just he just keeps you know, he's he's like a he's like a computer program that's got a glitch, you know, and you got yeah. you you try like early gate releases of games and stuff, don't you? And there's a fucking glitch. He's stuck on the horse legs. He can't fucking get away from it. And and yeah, he is the one. He's not even pressed about it. It's not just like, oh, look, you know, we had some misunderstandings, you know, but we're over them now. Because, again, at the dinner party, Sophie was didn't seem that arsed about it. But he just, it's as if he's looking. He keeps throwing it out there for me because he's looking for someone to come back to him and say, yeah, I agree. You know, horse legs, not into him, really. But I don't know why you would do that to Sophie's parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I'm done with the horse legs thing now, but he, he just cannot stop saying it. So, I, th I think, yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? And I think, with the dad, did he give Jonathan a hard time? Well, I don't really know. She's she's been brought up, I think, to be a high flyer. That's kind of how how she set about. Again, I'm actually with Jonathan when he said about the shrine. You know, a little bit weird. I'm with you there. Um, but he's not going to be happy with someone who, in their own words, have just got no ambition. You know, when they yeah. know that their daughter is ambitious, you know, she's a go-getter. She said something about her, um, she was the youngest account, managing, account manager in her tech firm. Basically, that's sales. Um, so it, it, it just does not seem a good match. But 
I think, honestly, Chris, and I don't want to be disrespectful for, to her because I, I think she, she, you know, it, it does seem like single-minded, strong, independent, but I think there is naivety there. I think if she actually stood back a bit, she'd realize, actually, you know what, they're, they're not compatible. Even though, you know, they're such a good-looking couple and, they, you know, you see a picture of them, you know, they they just look great together, I think. But I just don't think that they are compatible. Um, and I think the dad was sort of sniffing that out. Now, where I don't agree with the dad is where he's saying like, yeah, but you need money. You should know that. You're from Yorkshire. Seems a bit stereotypical, dad. But, uh, you know, <laughs> what you're trying to insinuate there. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of on the fence with that. I did think it, the dad gave him a bit of a hard time, but I also kind of get it as well. Yeah, and, and to be fair, in any other situation, I'd probably be sticking up for Jonathan in a normal situation to a point. Because obviously, you've got to look after your kids. You're going to want to you know, make sure that the person that they want to spend, potentially spend their life with is genuine, not going to hurt them. Um, you know, just just stick, look out for your kids. But I, I just, you know, I've got no skin in that race. I don't like what Jonathan's done. <laughs> what are you laughing at now? <laughs> You've got no skin in the race, have you? <laughs> well, something like that. Whatever that means. It's yeah. either skin in the game or horse in the race, I guess. But you can have skin in, a skin race if you like. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you know, mind boggles. <laughs> yeah, let's not go down that route. Anyway, move, but, moving sorry, on. Sorry, before we move on, I mean, do you, you not think the whole interaction about you know Jonathan again got no ambition, so he'll gladly stay at home and bring up the kids? <laughs> Sophie's like. Maybe I want to fucking do that. <laughs> you know? yeah. so it sort of made this little gesture, I think, to to kind of get on side with the parents. But I think he's overshot it. I mean, that's the sort of shit you ask. You know, you discuss before you uh, announce it to the parents. So I just thought that was quite funny, that bit. Yeah, it was, to be fair. And I, I, I was always quite happy to stay at home with Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but it never happened. But there you go. Uh, no, I think I think as well, like, if you look at them and you move on to sort of Jenna and, and Zoe, that relationship is doomed from the get-go as well. There's no, we're at a standoff about kids, we're at a standoff where they're going to mm. live. It was very awkward with um, Zoe's family and Jenna, like, saying, we haven't discussed it. And then Zoe's like, like sort of putting a timescale on it, like she's got to make a decision and that doesn't happen, does it? She's like, well, maybe at the end of the experiment. So I'm thinking, well, this is another relationship. That is pretty much, we are going to remain friends forever. You know, it's just weird. You know what I find the weirdest? And I'll get on to fucking pickles in a minute. But the weirdest is how stubborn they both seem to be. Like, neither of them has any interest at all in entertaining the idea that they're going to move away from where they are currently. Yeah. You know, either Midlands or Blackpool, you know, they're both settled. They both like their lives. So what are you doing on the fucking show? Like, if you're going to be that fucking set in your ways and not even entertain the idea, because that's how it came across. Jenna was not even entertaining the idea, you know, straight away. Yeah, couldn't see myself living here. Why? Why would you come on? 
you know someone's going to match you with the right person. Oh, right. But they don't live within three fucking blocks of me. You know, I'd have to make a fucking car journey to, to get there. You know, it just, it boggles my mind. But none more so than having a pickled fucking rat in your house. What yeah, was that all about? Yeah, and, and, you know, we've had the whole vegan thing, and I'd sort of sticked up for Zoe and everything, and this isn't about choice of food. But if what I would say is if she knows that the person she's with or potentially with is vegan, is an animal rights activist, why the fuck would you have a fucking pickled rat? Why would you just move it? Just, just move it. stick it in the bastard cupboard. I know, you know? exactly. Just- exactly. You can show it off camera. You can discuss it. There's loads of times when the cameras aren't there. Why, you know, forget fucking veganism and vegetarianism, Chris. It's fucking rank to have a pickled rat. Like, I don't know which room it was in. It looked like the fucking kitchen to me, but, you know, it's just fucking rank, that is. Now, obviously, that's Zoe's thing, but I think, you know... Jenna does come across a bit more passionate about the whole veganism thing. So, you know, it, it was probably a lot more hurtful for her. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think it's ridiculous to bring that out on, on TV. It is, to be fair. Um, yeah, really, really strange. And, and Dave, we're at the main event of this episode where... We've both, within the last couple of weeks, we've really, I've, well, I'm not going to speak for both of us, actually. I'll, I'll take that back. Because obviously you and uh, Thomas are Instagram friends. So I don't want to, um, you know, take that away from friends. you, Dave. So, <laughs> friends. Instagram friends. <laughs> Impression friends. Because um, so, you did get a, like a retweet, didn't you, and a like of your yeah, impression, yeah. Thomas. You obviously, obviously like the impression, so uh, fair play. <laughs> it's all done in good fun. Yeah, my, my most hated um, language in the whole of the UK, Dave. So let's say accent, <laughs> shall I say. But anyway, uh, no, I, and it was good fun, actually, Dave. You did well there. But I think with them two, like I've really said about Thomas, like, yeah, he's laid into Matt. He's he, not, not really Matt, Matt, Matt and Whitney, and he's had a, you know, he's had a go at George. He's, he's laid into Jonathan. He's sort of gone for the right people, and he, he just he speaks his mind whether you want it or not, he's going to go. And obviously we know he storms off and he's very dramatic. I didn't like what happened tonight at all. And I didn't mm. think he bats Adrian at all. Adrian has had to put up with so much shit from him on this show. And we can only go off the edited stuff. I'm not saying Adrian hasn't snapped back or give him a bit back, but from what we can see, Adrian is an absolute down the line gem of a man. And, he has calmed Thomas. Thomas has said that. He puts up with all my shit. He's like, he, he, you have to have that yin and yang. And it really looks like they turned a corner. But I did not like what was going on. I know Thomas has come out and said his mum had been had an operation and, and you know, don't you know, question me after what's happened with this episode and that. So I'm paraphrasing, by the way, guys. He was just saying, like, watch the show. Adrian was supporting me. But that edit did him and his family no good. And I've got to say, his dad actually looks like uh, the guy who plays Mrs. Brown Boys <laughs> without, the, without the makeup on, Brendan you know, Carroll or whatever his name is. I, I don't I fucking hate that show, but there you go. But he, he just looked like him, and I just thought he was wrong when he said, just leave him. And I'm like, Adrian is the one who should leave you. He's put up with so much shit from what we've seen that he's the one you should be fighting for, Adrian, because if not, you're never going to get another Adrian because he's going to carry on in these failed relationships. And I just thought that whole thing when he was crying and Thomas was like, yeah, and it's 
it turned into Tom didn't say anything a lot. Thomas didn't say a lot of things, but he still had to be the centre of attention. And I just thought that was handled completely wrong. Yeah, it, it left the episode on a bit of a sour note, really, didn't it? I, I didn't really expect this at all because the, they've been my favourite couple, you know, for the last week or so. I, the, the first thing that was weird was how, I, I mean, uh, Tom's mum did most of the speaking. And it seemed like, well, straight off the bat, they don't like Adrian. Bang about, we love Adrian. What's he done? Why would you not yeah. like Adrian? And then I was trying to think, well, I guess that, you know, they, they'd they seen them at the wedding, I guess, you know, maybe they've made a, a decision or, or like a bit of a judgment, you know, we all, we all form those first impressions, don't we? And maybe there's something there that they didn't like, or maybe it's that it's not that they don't like him. They just don't necessarily think he's a good fit for Thomas. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't like where the line of questioning was going. It was like, it was, it seemed to be questioning whether Adrian was good enough, uh, to date Thomas. And then the whole, the, the way the conversation was going, it was getting very, you know, like I, I almost thought it was going to go to like, what are your favorite sexual positions and stuff? Oh, it was all getting God. like really uncomfortable, wasn't it? It's like, yeah, but is there real passion there or whatever? And I think if I flip to the other side, you know, playing devil's advocate for a bit, I think they know their son. They, they've seen him in relationships and stuff before. They know, you know, what makes him happy. And there's something that they're picking up on. And I think it is the physical intimacy that they know that is not quite gelling. And then it made me question. I was thinking, well, you know, they've been great together, but is that not just a great comedy duo slash partnership, you know, and they, maybe they, maybe they don't have that actual fundamental attraction to each other. I'm not sure, yeah. but I mean, you know, especially when, when Adrian's getting all upset and stuff, you just want to you just want to reach through the screen and give him a cuddle, don't you? It's like, look, and he didn't really get a lot, you know. I I didn't feel like, and considering how much he's given to this relationship, I I was a bit disappointed with how it all went. Yeah, I'm with you. He felt as if it should have been the other way round. Like if Adrian's family had said to him, look, I think you need to get out. These red flags here, you know, it's just going to be too much trouble for you. Blah, blah. You could get it. You could get it. And even if he defends Thomas and says, no, actually, we were together really sweet. We've sorted it out. I know how to handle him. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, being on a show is the pressure cooker. It's not like real life. Real life can be a pressure cooker. We know that. But it, it isn't real life. You set up into, scenario, into scenarios with people that... Thomas doesn't like, so he goes after April and George. I think your analysis of yesterday was correct. It was bordering on um, sort of bullying in some respects slightly. You know, like it's like, well, just let it go now. You're getting involved. He was getting involved in something to do with him. And I think I, I could buy that. I just felt it was just the wrong way to approach it, and he didn't deserve that. And I just hope that whatever happens from here, Adrian deserves to be happy over anybody in this show for me. I think he's just such a good guy. So I just hope that if he's not Tom, I've got my doubts, they'll work. I'll be honest with you. I think it just won't work. Adrian doesn't need all that drama, but they do seem sweet together and we have championed mm. them. So I just felt that 
look, it's going to lead in tomorrow's episode and I cannot wait. And I'm, I'm like, right, let's see what happens with the fallout of this. Because there was enough little bits of drama for, for us to podcast, obviously, again, but to obviously <laughs> just to make me go, oh, you bastards. And then to top it all off, Dave, we got a revelation from Matt and Whitney, didn't we? Oh, shitney. Fucking, yeah. honestly, he's now fucking in love, is he? Oh, fuck me. I, I don't know what to say to that. You know, just utter bullshit. And and you, you know what I didn't say about yesterday as well, now, now that you mentioned that, Chris? The whole fucking thing when they were asked about, you know, they slept together, they'd been intimate. And it was like, oh, Matt said, oh, yeah, I've been celibate, and now I'm not. Celibate? Fuck off. <laughs> There's fucking zero chance. Just come out and say, just admit it. You did not like, you weren't attracted to Gemma. That's okay for you, you know, if that's the way you feel. But don't fucking dance around the houses and make it out like it's summer. It's not. Because didn't he say to Gemma, you know, he doesn't want to rush things and yada, 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 making all the excuses in the world. And then the first fucking chance he gets, he's in bed with Whitney. So, yeah, yeah just... It's just bollocks. Now, if this was Love Island, Chris, we'd be saying, you know, when it was a couple who came in late, we'd be saying, well, they, they have to ramp it up, don't they? Because the OGs have been there. We've seen their progression. You know, they're now, you know, some of them are boyfriend and girlfriend. So they, they, the new ones have really got to lay it on thick. I just wonder if it's a bit of that. Mm, yeah, potentially. It could be. It could be. But it, look, again, I, I came off it going, we've got to record right now. This is just fucking nonsense. And uh, brilliant. This this series, Dave, I've fully enjoyed. These last couple of weeks, it's <laughs> it just doesn't, raw. It doesn't yeah. sound like it. If you're listening, we do. We love it. We Hate do. it in equal measure. You know, we get passionate. We get worked up. Um, but yeah, this series has been brilliant. This series, <laughs> Chris, has been on par with Australia for me. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely loved it. But, Chris, before, because I can tell in the tone of your voice there, you're wanting to wrap up, and you said, oh, I'll put a little footnote for Paul. Oh, well, you did, I'm just going to yeah. assume did, that yeah. that was a mental footnote that you just had a brain <laughs> fart on. So what have you got to say about Paul? <laughs> well, our good friend Paul came out, and a lot of people had gone at him and say, like, what the hell are the judges doing? Like, or experts, fucking, you know, fake fake perts, whatever we're going to call them, David, that's the new word I've just made up, by the way. Um, regarding Matt and Whitney, the way they were cooing over them coming in and the science and all this other bullshit, which completely goes against, you know, the, the sanctity of what maths is supposed to be. However, them not being in the show also means it's fucking boring. So let's let's be honest, we, we know where our... Uh, we know how to cut our cloth accordingly. But I, don't know. I don't know if it would be boring, but it wouldn't be as it wouldn't get as quite as riled up. I mean, we've not discussed George in April, but we'll come back to those after after oh, yeah. Paul. That's true. That's true. But he did come out and say there's a couple of tweets that he's thrown out there. One of them was basically, "We need to, you know, I'm fully aware now that we don't see what you see. We just see the dinner parties, and our commentary and observations are completely off." basically saying that we need to see what we what the what we're going to see you know to form a judgment so that's that because we kept saying that was well the tone was wrong it completely went off they were queuing over it just didn't make any sense so he said that and then also later on someone else said about I think it was the Matt situation and Gemma and, and he's just said I, I'm going to talk discuss that and address that after the show's wrapped so I don't know 
what the score is with any of this. It sounds like to me, I've initially I, I put it on all our social stuff and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, fair play to him, fair play to him. Had a discussion with you, Dave, and you opened to my eyes to the fact that I think he's fucking backpedaling. So I'm going with what your <laughs> diagnosis is of that. So, I mean, from my perspective, I'm reading it, and I know there's a lot of fans of Paul out there, and, and he does come across like, you know, like a good guy. But I'm like, well, if you saw nothing else, surely you saw that there were a couple of people who did not give a fuck about what anyone else thought and was completely being disrespectful in the way they're talking to them. No, they're going like, oh, it's really great how Whitney's fighting for the relationship. You don't fucking need to have seen any other context to know they're acting like a couple of bellends. So, now I remember, in, I'm sure it was the Australian season, we were saying, because it was a bit of a revelation for us, but it became obvious that they hadn't seen what we'd seen. You know, by the time yeah. it came to a dinner party, I think it might have been with the Dar- Daniel and Carolina thing, you know, and they were totally out of step for it, you know, so apparently it's only just dawned on Paul. Really? <laughs> really? Well. You don't get a briefing or anything? Are the show actually trying to make the experts look stupid? Is that what's happening? That seems a stretch, doesn't it? I think, though, I sort of agree with what you just said. I know you're sort of saying that tongue in cheek. I think that the off, they seem to think it's like makes it more authentic when clearly, when you've got fucking these ridiculous contestants on, it doesn't work. This format does not work. This, this, as it's gone on, they've got to tweak it. They've got to be able to observe what the fuck's going on in these flats and stuff, not just turn up to the flats like they, like Charlene did with the fucking loaded dildos and fucking cock rings and go, go on, show us what you can do. And then they film it. <laughs> Let's fucking see some proper fucking what's going on, the psychological stuff, like, you know, all this, this, this alleged stuff that's coming out. So yeah, they've got, they've got to be held to task, Dave, because that is just, that is so shit for them. Because basically they're rocking up for a couple of hours of filming and then fuck off. <laughs> Easy money. There's all these different film crews and everything following these couples around. You mean to tell me there's not some intern who writes a quick synopsis of what they've observed for the day? Yeah. All right, here you go, guys. There's six pages. Read those before you watch the dinner party. I I, I just, I struggle to really buy that. I, I just, I can't believe that they just rock up and then go in completely cold. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I mean, the thing is as well, they, they must, Dave, they, they'll get cheat sheets and everything. There'll be stuff people will say. I think you're right there. You see, I've always been quite naive when I first posted it. I think you're absolutely correct on that. And other people have called them out online on our Facebook group, everything. Yeah, what a load of shit. <laughs> but it fills some people. It filled you, didn't it? <laughs> you were like, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, good. Nice one, Paul. I understand now. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm not saying that, you know, maybe they don't get these, you know, briefings over how the couples have gone or whatever. Maybe it's intentional by design, by the show, that they go into this completely cold, seeing none of the context. But, you know, there's nine different Australian seasons. There's, this is the seventh UK season. Probably, you know, there's different countries as well. There's all of this material. And you mean to tell me they've not 
you know, refine that whole process so they've got it down to a T now. It just, I, I just cannot buy it. And so, no. yeah, I, I still think they're just massively off and it's a backpedaling. You know what this is, Chris? This is a fucking mini budget. This is, let's fuck up the economy. Let's get rid of the 45p tax thing. Oh, no, shit. Uh, we've been called out on that. Let's reverse. Yeah. Damage limitation. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> what do you think of how George and April went? Um, I don't... I, <laughs> I don't know what to say because... Well, I, let me start then. So... Okay. He... You can't get your head out of the papers, can you? So <laughs> no, he, I can't. He again, like I said with Zoe and Jenna, no fucking interest in moving somewhere else than where he is right now. Now, fair enough, right? If I had four kids to raise, I couldn't move. I'm not going to fucking up sticks and move four kids out of school and everything, disrupt their whole lives, you know, take them out fucking... Um, of their friend group and whatever. Now, if it's a massive job opportunity or something like that, yeah, you might move location. That happens all the time. But this isn't Bachelor. This isn't, you know, what was Claire's line? This is all for love. (laughs) Fuck off. This is practicalities. But again, I found like it was just disrespectful. He was just dismissing the idea of moving to London straight off the bat. It's like, well, why did you turn up then? Well, what did you come here for? Well, you, your Instagram following, obviously, you know, an exposure. But, you know, he, he just came across like he was not interested at all. And again, it, of all of what we've seen in April in the previous episodes, this was the one that convinced me the most that she loves that London life, you know. Yeah the parties and everything. It's, it's great when you're younger in, in London, you know, and you've got everything within a tube ride away. It's a great, great place to be when you haven't got a mortgage and kids. But you know what? When you have got a mortgage and kids, well, the thing you needed to do is buy it 20, 30 years ago. But, um, you know, I just think lifestyle-wise, it just showed them to be completely incompatible. The other thing I'll say her mate Jose clearly been on something else as well. Got his five minutes of fame there. Get him on on, on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I like the fact that he actually told it how it was. It was like, look, no, you're not ready to give up all of this. Is she really going to give up that London high life and go and fucking settle down in Worcester and look after four kids? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, of all the couples, sorry, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll be quiet. Out of all of the couples, that would be the biggest lifestyle change, wouldn't it? I mean, we talked yeah. about Jenny, Jenna and Zoe. Surely yeah. you could, you know, if you built up a business in Blackpool, maybe sell it up, start, you know, it was a shop or something, wasn't it? You know, go and sell further down. You know, you, you, I'm sure you could take that business and build it up elsewhere. Uh, Zoe's job, I'm sure, you know, there are construction things going on in Blackpool and the surrounding area. So they're not willing to budge, but it's not that much of a stretch. There is no way April could jump from where she is now to where he wants her to be. I I I think with them two, Dave, 
him having four kids, when he told April, whatever we think of George, and I think they're not compatible and everything, it was never going to work. She was like, oh, four kids, right? Because like you say, there is a London life. It's like that New York life in there. And apparently Sophie goes, does the Manchester life, which I've never heard of in 43 years <laughs> of living in Manchester. I know Manchester but- is a city, but I've never heard anyone talk about it quite like Sophie does, like like it no. is New York or yeah, London fair. or something. <laughs> fair play. I mean, we've got some high rises being built now and that, but it's certainly not. I work in there every day, and I'm driving around there most days, and it's a shit hole. But there you go. But <laughs> anyway, um, and I can say that as a Mancunian. But no, it's, it's, you're right. There's just no compromise. A friend obviously was very excited, David. Definitely, I, I do agree with that, Jose. And a lot of people said getting with Adrian. You know, like as a couple, I saw that online. Look, they these guys are not compatible, and and George can convince himself all he wants that we're working through things and everything. They're not, and I think she's just being stifled by it all. And I think she just wants out. I think she wants that little bit of fame because when Whitney turns up, she jumps to Whitney. I mean, come on, ever was a judge of a bad friend? You know, like a, a friend's not a bad friend of of a friend's decisions. What we've seen. These two are just made for each other. They're like the mean girls, I think, Dave, together. But she doesn't deserve the the, the pressure George seems to put on her from what we've seen on the show. So, no, they're not going to work. And I think it just needs to be I put a pin in it, and that's the end of it. See you later. They will not be together. No, no. And I said without any foresight whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's been brilliant. Uh, cheers, Chris. It's been good. And uh, honestly, tomorrow night's episode again <laughs> does seem like a cracker, doesn't it? You know, I'm sure some of the things, some of the seeds that were planted tonight are going to uh, blossom tomorrow. So we might be back again tomorrow. Let's see. Let's see. Hey, don't you say anything. This is your fault. So let's, let's, let's just, yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> but anyway, big thank you to everyone as always. Go over to, Facebook, Chris and A's Reality TV cast, and get over there, guys, and come and join us. Uh, big thanks to Charlene, as always, for running the page for us. We do appreciate it. Thank you, Charlene. Uh, if you want to email us, cdrealitycast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, at cdrealitycast. And if you do want to support us a little bit more, get over to patreon.com forward slash cdrealitycast. So today's roll call of honor, Cassie, Megan, Kate, Annabeth, Maggie, Kristen, Gillian, Michelle, Keith, Helen, Brianna, Jacqueline, Noreen, Amy, Joanna, Libby, Katie, Dee Dee, Hannah, Priscilla, Susan, Hennessy, Lauren, Lucky Little Green, and Kent Gustafson. So thank you so much, guys. We really, really appreciate it. So our daily, 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 not podcast, seems to have creeped back in, hasn't it, Mr. Horrocks? But anyway. It has. And uh, we did clarify, so the last episode of Maths will be on the 18th of October. So a couple of weeks from now, and so we'll, we'll be done. So depending on whether we do a week wrap-up or daily, not too many episodes. So survivable, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So thank you for that, mate, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye now. <laughs>